You know, I've taken a lot of personality tests in my life. I've taken Myers-Briggs and the DISC profile and Finders and Enneagram and, and a number of others. And actually, I enjoy taking these tests. I like learning about myself and kind of how I process or see the world. Now, I like learning about the strengths that my personality brings. But these profiles, honestly, they also give me information about, about well, the weaknesses or the shadow side of my personality. You know, the shadow side is the aspect of our personality that we often can't see or perhaps we don't even want to acknowledge. And it's usually the reverse of one of our strengths. For example, right, like myself, I like to start new things, but at times I have a hard time sticking with those things. Or if you're a good critical thinker, you might come across as a naysayer when working on a group project. Now, of course, all of us, we have the option of just giving in to our shadow side, allowing that to be the fullness of our personality. And it can be tempting. But ultimately, this shadow side, it works against us. It will perpetuate unhelpful patterns and disrupt our lives. Ultimately, if not con confronted, it's going to keep us from growing. Well, here we are today. We're concluding our series on genetically generous. Now, all through this series, we've learned that kind of all of us were wired to be generous. And the reason is because you and I, we are made in the image of a generous God. Now, here's a quick recap of where we've been and our six generosity profiles. See if you can remember yours. First, you got community growers. And your primary motivation is being part of a community. And next, well, there's the budget keepers. And your primary motivation is being wise. And then there's the faith stretchers, and your motivation is spiritual growth. And then there's the, the disciplined doers, and you want to do things right, and you're motivated by joyful obedience. Next, we got the cause movers, and you are motivated by making a difference. And you're drawn to specific causes in the here and now. And our last one, that's the legacy builder. And you're visionaries. You look beyond today. You dream into the future. And you're motivated by leaving a legacy. Now, every one of these profiles are good. And they describe a positive motivation for being generous. But just like personality profiles, each profile also has, well, a shadow side. So let's see if we can kind of unpack those today together. And to do that, let's dive into our true source and see what we might be able to learn. Now, if we turn to a book in the New Testament, it's the second letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. We're going to find some encouragement and some challenge. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in love that we have kindled in you. You see, Paul praises this Corinthian church for the ways that they excel. I mean, they're really good at speech and knowledge and earnestness and love. And he sees so many positive traits in this church. And yet, he also sees that they have a shadow side. You see, these Corinthian Christians, they're not being generous. Paul had written a previous letter to the Corinthian church, and he gave him instructions to collect an offering and send to the poor in Jerusalem. But they hadn't done it. So now Paul is writing the second time to kind of confront this shadow side of their discipleship. 
And he actually does this by comparing them to another church, the, the Macedonian church. And it's kind of like maybe at times when your parents say, when you're, why can't you just be like your brother or sister? And nobody wants to hear that. But Paul knows. He knows that the Corinthians and the Macedonians are kind of like siblings. And he's looking for a way to motivate the Corinthians into new levels of generosity. Here's what he writes. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty, it welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Whew. Now, you've got to understand, these Macedonian Christ followers, man, they were not known for their wealth. They didn't have stable jobs or big homes or retirement accounts. In fact, Paul describes their situation as one of extreme poverty. I mean, nobody, nobody would have blamed the Macedonians if they'd been hesitant to give. Yet their lives were characterized by rich generosity. Now, you may wonder, what made the difference between the Corinthian church and the Macedonian church? Well, they had two different mindsets. Scholar Guy Dave, he characterizes the Corinthian church as viewing generosity as charity, while the Macedonian church saw their generosity as ministry. Here's what he writes. He says, the idea of ministry is important. Because ministry is an ongoing way of living, not a one-time event. The ministry of giving is an act of solidarity, not an act of charity. Through the ministry of giving, we enter into the solidarity with those we need, acknowledge those in need as our brothers and sisters, that we join with them in an effort to overcome their need. You know, when we view generosity as charity... We see it as simply an act of kindness coming from the, the goodness of our own hearts. And if we're moved, well, we give. If not, well, we look the other way. However, when you and I view generosity as ministry, well, then we recognize that we're joining. We're joining God in his divine purposes in the word through our giving. We begin to understand that generosity, well, it's an opportunity to partner with God in bringing more of heaven to earth. And we realize that it's actually a privilege to give. You know, the Macedonians, they recognized this privilege. I mean, despite the little they had, they begged for the opportunity to give. In fact, they gave so generously that Paul says they, they gave beyond their ability. And, and you just got to, well, how is that possible? Well, it's only possible because of the grace that God had given the Macedonian churches. This grace was an ability to give beyond themselves, beyond their means, beyond anything that seemed to make sense. And grace isn't something earned. It's something given. And God gave the Macedonians the grace to give. Now, here's the thing about grace. It's not just for special few. No. It's for you. It's for me. We can all experience this grace. 
Paul continues to write to the Corinthians, and he commends them for all the things they excel in, but then he challenges them to grow in the one thing they lack, this grace of giving. And Paul, he is urging the Corinthians to ask God for the grace to grow in generosity. He sees this grace at work in the Macedonian. He wants the Corinthians to experience it too. And he's going, man, I want to experience that, don't you? Because growing in generosity, it's possible. It's possible for everyone. And what if, what if we too ask God for the grace to confront the shadow side of our generosity profile so that we too could excel in this grace of giving? You know, for these generosity profiles, they're motivated and defined by really positive things, but there are also some tendencies, some positive tendencies of strength, but also some areas of challenge. Those areas of challenge that we've been calling the shadow side. Now, I'm going to quickly, again, walk through these six profiles, and I would encourage you, if you, wherever you are, if you've got a notepad to write on, maybe it's a napkin that you just had where you had something to eat, your snack, or or maybe you've got your phone, and I encourage you to get it out just to open up a note so you can jot down, hey, this is my profile, this is my shadow side, and this is the scripture that will kind of, I can go back and read that helps me kind of overcome or stretch beyond that. And maybe you're going to resonate with something, and I want to encourage you just to ponder on that. So let's identify the challenges that can stunt your and my growth and generosity so that we can grow beyond them. Let's talk about face stretchers. I mean, your willingness to stretch yourself relationally and financially, it's awesome. So continue in that. We need people like you challenging us to take risks. But it seems your shadow side might be relate to busyness. Perhaps you've packed your life with so many activities that you find it difficult to commit yourself to serve. What, what, what could you say no to in order to create space to serve and grow in generosity with your time? Here's a word of encouragement that Peter wrote to the church. He said, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. All right, you budget keepers. You are generally comfortable talking about money, and the church community needs you to leverage this ease of talking about money to encourage others. But here's the caution. The budget keeper's shadow side is being risk-averse. Because you're so responsible with your budget, sometimes God only gets what's left, what you feel you can spare. For budget keepers to excel in the grace of giving, you may need to challenge yourself to give back to God first before our other needs or expenses. And this will grow your trust in God. This will honor him with your first fruits of all you have. In fact, the, the scripture encourages us in Proverbs when we read, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now our community growers. We need you to continue to lead the way in modeling holistic generosity to our community. But, but here's your shadow side, frustration. Because you have this holistic view of generosity, you at times might get frustrated when conversations about generosity focus on financial generosity. But remember, 
Conversations about financial generosity are necessary. They're necessary to break the powerful stronghold that money has in our lives. In fact, Jesus talked about money and wealth so often because he knew even then it would be a challenge for his followers. Now, I'll tell you, you long to see the whole community grow. And these conversations are critical to that growth. And here's a verse that I want to remember to tell you that it's important to understand that financial generosity is such an important part of your growth and others. In Matthew, we read, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, if you're a disciplined doer, we need you to continue to lead the way in committed financial generosity. Others need to be challenged by your obedience. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to share the way God is growing you and challenging you in this area. To talk about your shadow side, I might use the word isolated. Because disciplined doers, you can become so isolated inside a comfortable Christian world that you don't interact with those who are far from God. For disciplined doers to grow, you may need to stretch yourselves relationally to really be thinking, how can I use all that I am to help people find a way back to God, to begin to engage as a missionary in your everyday context. Here's a scripture of encouragement that comes out of the, the text that we've been talking about today, 2 Corinthians. This comes out of chapter 5. And God has trusted us with the message that people may be brought back to him. So we are Christ's official messengers. It is as if God were making his appeal through us. Here's what Christ wants us to beg you to do. Come back to God. You know, the cause movers, shadow side, well, it's control. Because cause movers, they are drawn to make a difference. They can hold back their generosity if they aren't directly in control of the effects of their giving. So for you to excel in the grace of giving, cause movers may need to challenge themselves, well, to trust God and give even when they can't always see the direct impact. One of the best challenges, I believe, for cause movers is to commit to, commit to a tithe, to give 10% of your income back to God on a consistent basis. You see, when we tithe, we release control of our financial generosity to God. We trust him to direct our giving to further his mission. And tithing is something all of us are called to, but it might be the key next step for a cause mover. And the scripture I just want to use for encouragement to you comes out of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. God says this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. All right. Last, we got our legacy builders. And you have visionary skill and a passion for a greater purpose that many of us just long to have. But your shadow side, well, it can be worry. 
Now, to combat this, I, I think you've got to allow yourself to be challenged by the teaching of Jesus so that you can be joyful about what God has entrusted to you right now. You can find freedom in your finances. I mean, committing to a tithe or even beyond that may be the next step for you, too. And this powerful scripture, I think, that Jesus said in Matthew is so important for us who are community legacy uh, builders. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. All right, that's our shadow side. Is there something that kind of resonated with you that you may struggle with? If I'm honest, as I thought about those shadow sides, I think I probably struggled with all six at some time in my life. But my hope is for you and for me is that the Word of God dwells richly in us. It wells up so much that we overcome that to experience the fullness of how you and I can excel in the grace of giving. I tell you, we're going to have to go to the source for that grace, and that's God. 2 Corinthians 8, chapter 9, says this. Ultimately, when we think of a challenge to grow in generosity, we need to remember the model of Jesus. No matter how we're wired, there is one overarching motivation to be generous, to give back to God, and that is because we have a God who gave everything. Paul writes these words to the early church, but I think he's writing them to us today. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty, you and I might become rich. Did you catch that? Jesus gave up his rights for us. He gave up the riches of heaven to enter into the poverty of being born to an unwed mother in kind of this backwater province of Palestine under the oppressive government rule of the Romans. For our sake, Jesus became poor. He gave it all up so that we, you and I, we could know the riches of being part of his family. My friends, together we could become a community defined by generosity. Together we could become a modern day Macedonians. Together we could become true reflections of our generous God. So let's just ask. Let's ask God to give us the grace to excel in giving. Let's spur one another on to grow. Let me just close by saying, when it comes to generosity, it is not ever what God wants from us. It is what God wants for us. And God's desire for us in our finances is to experience freedom and health and I'll tell you being generous and living open-handed with your resources well I'll tell you that will lead to freedom 
You, you see, in the age that we live, generosity it is the only antidote to this disease of consumerism that wants to invade our lives, that wants to steal our financial health. So it is my prayer for you, for me, for all of us, that we would excel in this grace of giving, that we'd live these open-handed lives, that we would understand this whole life generosity, and through that, we would experience incredible freedom and health.